invite you to turn your Bibles to Romans chapter 15. Romans 15. Let me pray. Father, as we come to your word this morning, we pray that you would um, speak the words into our hearts that we are to learn this morning. I just pray that you would open our eyes, that you would give us wisdom, that you would give us grace through your word. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. I want to read for you Romans 15, verse 30 through the end. Paul says this, I appeal to you, brothers, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit, to strive together with me in your prayers to God on my behalf that I may be delivered from the unbelievers in Judea, and that my service for Jerusalem may be acceptable to the saints, so that by God's will I may come to you with joy and be refreshed in your company. May the God of peace be with you all. Amen. This is kind of rounding out Paul's letter to the Romans, and uh, the end is chapter 16 where he goes into, he ends up just, final greetings, talking about who is there and who to say hi to and who says hello, etc. And we will study those because they are uh, really important. But here as he's closing off his letter, he had just finished telling them that he plans to come to see them on his way to Spain uh, because there's people who have never heard of Christ there and he needs to go there and reach them with the gospel. But first he's got this special trek he needs to make back to Jerusalem because the saints are in need there. They're in need they are poor and needy, and so he's taking a special gift to Jerusalem first. Now in Jerusalem, he has both friends and enemies. And so he's asking, interestingly enough, we just covered this section uh, 22 through 29, where he's talking about this journey he's going to take to Jerusalem, and he says, but on my journey to Spain, as I come by way of you, like I'm asking for um, support. He, he was petitioning support from them for his journey to Spain, but he didn't ask about Jerusalem. But now he's petitioning prayers. He's asking for them to be involved prayerfully in his trek. And not just asking, say like, oh, if, you know, if you happen to think of me, then pray for me. Instead, he says, I appeal to you, I urge you, I beg you, I implore you, brothers, strive with me in prayer, not just Pray for me if you think about it, but I beg you, I, I call you, brothers, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit, to strive together with me in your prayers to God on my behalf. Amazingly, this appeal is a strong word. It is a calling of soldiers to arms with you. It is a come into the battle with me. It is calling up the teammates to join in. It is not just someone sitting on the sidelines, someone saying, well, here's an optional thing, but no, I beg you, I urge you, I need your help, and I need it in prayer. He is inviting them to participate. Those at the church in Rome, who he had never met personally, he was inviting them to participate on his journey to Jerusalem. And the way they would participate here, he's not asking them to participate financially, He's asking them to participate prayerfully. He's urging them to participate, to join in with him. 
on this mission. And the amazing thing is, when you are asked by someone to participate in praying with them, you also get to participate in celebrating with them when the prayers are answered. When you see what God has done, when you see what God is doing, you, since you have participated, you are more invested in your heart, you get to rejoice also. That's the great benefit of participating in prayer with others. And especially the more invested you are, the more joyous you will be when you see what God has done. So he's inviting them, he's urging them to participate in prayer and therefore benefit joy. But also to participate in prayer is to call people into trusting God. He's inviting them to trust God more and more. And it's interesting because he gives two foundational reasons to these people who he calls brothers. He reminds them who they are, even as he's imploring them and begging them and urging them to pray with him. He calls them brothers or brothers and sisters. The word is not just specific to men. It's, it's those in the faith. Brothers, my family, who I have yet never met, but you are one with me, join me. It reminds them of their identity. They are brothers and sisters in the Lord. They are with him in one family. They ought to be with him in his mission, with him in prayer. And, and having that reminder of the brotherhood, the, the um, family, they also have that reminder of the duty that we have to one another. If you read through the New Testament, you cannot escape the words one another. You cannot escape it. A, a person who says they can be a solo Christian out on their own has never read their Bible. It is impossible to be a solo Christian. You are saved into a community, into a body, into a building, into a priesthood. You are never alone. And so Paul's reminding them as he calls them brothers, brothers and sisters, my family, I implore you to join in your duty to care for one another. Not just me, but those saints in Jerusalem who are at need. I'm calling you to remember, brothers, that you ought to bear one another's burdens. And he says, right now I have a burden, so I'm urging you. I'm asking you to help carry my burden. My burden is this trip to Jerusalem that I'm about to take. And it's not just a trip, and he doesn't just ask for travel mercies, safety on his car ride. He's asking for uh, two specific things, he mentions. He's calling them out of inaction, though. Perhaps they weren't praying, or they didn't. I'm sure they would have thought to pray for him on this journey. But he's calling them out of inaction. When's the last time you felt called to action? Whether it was by someone, by your church, by your reading of scripture, by your time in prayer. When has you felt called to action? When have you felt urged to pray? And not just this like, oh, I think I ought to pray for someone, but someone's implored you to pray for them. When's the last time you have participated in prayer for someone else, with someone else. Oftentimes our prayer lives end up very self-focused because we know our needs. And that's great. And it's good. We know God meets our needs and we're told to bring our needs to God. Bring our, cast your burden on him because he cares for you. But others have burdens too. And we ought to bear those burdens. And if we can't bear them physically or emotionally, we, we bear them by bringing them to the Lord in prayer with just as much heart and investment as the very person, our brother and sister who has the burden. When's the last time you felt urged to participate in this 
kind of thing that Paul's urging them to participate in. What have you felt called or driven? Like Paul's ambition, he mentions earlier in this chapter, he had an ambition to go and preach the gospel to the, uh, the unreached, those who'd never heard of Jesus. And then he's urging people to join him on that mission financially because they couldn't go. Prayerfully, because they couldn't go. So he's urging them, but what's the last urge that you have had to participate, maybe not firsthand, in somebody else's mission that God has given them? You'll see here that Paul shows the foundation in his appeal to them. There's two, it's twofold. First thing he says, uh, it's by our Lord Jesus Christ. He says, I appeal to you, um, brothers, by our Lord Jesus Christ. Or the CSB says through Jesus, or King James says for the Lord Jesus' sake. By our Lord Jesus Christ, I appeal to you. And it's interesting because that can be taken a number of ways. It's by Christ's authority, I appeal to you to participate. By Christ, who is our Lord, our Lord, he says it. Our Lord Jesus, I'm appealing to you. Or it's by what Christ has done in you. If Christ has so transformed you, I urge you to participate in what he is doing. I urge you by our Lord Jesus. And so think about it's interesting how, you know, in the Bible where you come across the, the names of Jesus, I guess, or how he's titled in certain areas, and maybe you don't think much of it when you're reading through quickly. But here, Paul specifies that he is the Lord, and not just the Lord, but our Lord. Our Lord Jesus Christ. Lordship. Authority. It's allegiance to this Lord Jesus Christ. Our Lord has our allegiance. And so if Paul says that I am doing the Lord's work and I am taking this to the Lord's people, it is by our Lord under his authority that I implore you, I appeal to you, I urge you to participate. It's by his authority. So you have a, a duty to bear one another's burdens. You have a, a duty to obey Christ. And, and Paul's following many of the commands that God has given him, specifically in his conversion Jesus himself told Paul, right, that he would not only suffer for the sake of the gospel, but he would be a, an instrument, his chosen instrument, to take the gospel to the unreached. It's directly from our Lord Jesus Christ. Under his authority, we say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. And so Paul says, I'm appealing to you by our Lord. I'm appealing by his authority into your life. Is he your Lord? that I'm appealing to you by him. And it's interesting because you note in this, even this very verse, we have both the person of Christ and the person of the Holy Spirit, which comes next. But to the Lord is also, the, sorry, by our Lord Jesus Christ is also in his name, but to his honor. To his honor. That's, that's what we ought to desire. That's what we do desire in all things is the honor of the Lord. So Paul's saying, by him and for his name's sake, let's honor him in all that we do in, in joining this time in prayer together. As we pray, we honor Christ. And as we pray with others, we honor Christ because as we pray, we admit we need him. We admit our dependence upon him. We admit that we are humble and broken without him. And so Paul says, I appeal to you by Christ. 
that, that we might honor Christ by, by showing our need of him. I'm showing you my need of him. I'm laying bare before you that I have a great need on this journey. Would you lay bare your hearts as well? Would you come before our Lord Jesus and, and honor him by showing your utter dependence on him in this time of prayer? Because it's our mission of need, but prayer is also our admission of God's power and God's ability to do something. We're appealing to God's love for the mission, for where he's going, for what he's doing. But it's not only by our Lord Jesus, he says, I appeal to you by, but also by the love of the Spirit. So by authority and by affection. That our Lord Jesus, authority, but the love, affection of the Spirit. It's not just a duty that you must do, therefore, I'm imploring you to pray with me. You must. By the love of our spirit, the spirit that is at work in believers, the spirit that, that produces the fruit of love, that's one of the fruits of the spirit, that's the very first one. The fruit of the spirit is love. It's what the Holy Spirit does in believers. It produces love. And so he says, the love of the spirit. Well, what is that love? It is a divine love. Here in this chapter, where he says, the love of the spirit, you, know, you may know that there's three different Greek words for love in the New Testament. And the one is agape. And agape love is the unconditional love that God has for his children. And that's this word here. It's God's love. He appeals to you by the love of the spirit that that spirit does work in us. Because earlier in Romans, in chapter 5, verse 5, he says, God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who he has given to us. So God's love, that unconditional love, that, that love that says, well, you know, it doesn't matter if you've offended me, I'm going to sacrifice for you. It doesn't matter if you respond to me the way I want you to, I'm going to love you and sacrifice and give to you. That's the kind of love that Paul's appealing to here, the affection for other people that is produced in us by the Spirit of God. It's a love that is growing, a love that is never perfect, but it's God's love. It's God's love that we have experienced to us. And so we experience the joy of God's love. And if we feel that love, if we've experienced that love, a love that we know we do not deserve, we extend that love. And by that love, we're transformed to participate in what God is doing. Those in the Taliban right now do not deserve our love and our prayers for their salvation and their preservation, but unconditional love would pray for them, that they may be saved and forgiven, that they would live lives that flourish. And that, that makes us sick to our stomachs as human beings when we think of what they do, the human atrocity, but yet God's love in us would say, they don't deserve my love, but I may give it to them anyways. And so that's the kind of love that is transforming us slowly and prayerfully. And Paul says that specifically because he's about to mention the situation he's going into. He says, there's people that are hostile towards me, but you need to pray for them. You need to pray for them, pray about that situation. They're hostile towards me. They would have my head on a stake. Pray for them. Pray for this mission I'm about to embark on. There's friends. There's also foes where I'm going. And so, by the authority of Jesus, for his honor, and by the love of the Holy Spirit, 
the affection that he's producing in you. He says, I'm imploring you to strive together with me. To strive together with me in your prayers to God on my behalf. Strive, wrestle in prayer. Remember that the call, the appeal is a call to arms. Join me in battle. And it's a, it's a wrestling match. Join me in this fight. I'm calling you, I'm, I'm asking you to join me in wrestling in prayer. Is it like Jacob who wrestled God? Not quite. Is it us wrestling with the evil forces? Not quite, but it's us wrestling with our self-complacency, our laziness, our selfishness. We have to fight those things in prayer. If you know that about yourself, it's an important thing to know is, what are you fighting in prayer? What's, what's against you? Well, the clock's against you. You don't have enough time to pray. You know, you got a busy schedule. That's against you. You got people who you're embarrassed to pray by or around. What's against you in prayer? You got to wrestle against those things. If you're ever going to have a breakthrough in your prayer, you need to wrestle against many things, starting with your own heart. Your own heart lies to you and tells you, you're, you're good. I'm good. I don't need prayer. That's a lie. And so we need to wrestle first off in our own hearts if we're ever going to pray. And we're going to be invested in prayer. And we're going to wrestle in prayer. Paul says, strive together with me in your prayers to God. Wrestle in your prayers. Don't just take my name and put it on a list and say, uh, bless Paul in Jesus' name. Amen. Oftentimes, we may do that, right? We have a whole list of people. We got 500 people on our list. And so we just think, uh, bless so-and-so, bless so-and-so, or just be with them. That's not wrestling in prayer on their behalf. It's not like you trying to fight off what they feel the burden of. You wrestling with this big, heavy thing they feel. Are you wrestling in prayer with Paul, with friends, with family? Are you wrestling? Are you striving? Are you putting forth the energy and effort it takes? Because naturally, we don't, we don't want to do that. We just want to enjoy our time and get through life and try to manage our time wisely. And if we can fit in prayer, we do. But it's important if you do make time for prayer, to wrestle in prayer. Sometimes we try to accomplish too much in our prayer. We got a list. I, my list of prayer requests is a mile long. And, and do I try to take that to the Lord every time and I wrestle with every person? Well, no, I'd be there for 24 hours. But it doesn't mean I can't wrestle for one or two of those requests. Really wrestle, really trust God, really go say, I'm, I'm taking this to battle. I don't know what th this person or Paul is up against, but God, you know, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to strive in my prayer for him and with him. Not just about him, but with him. It's like I am burdened in the same way Paul is burdened. I'm with him. Like imagine if you were about to face possibly impending death. If you were going face to face with the Taliban coming to your door, looking to see if you have a Bible, and if you do, they're going to shoot you in the head. That's what our brothers and sisters in Afghanistan are facing right now, door to door. So imagine their prayer. Imagine their prayer that they are desperate in their prayer in this moment. Don't let them come to my door. Don't let them find my Bible. Protect my children. Imagine the burden of their prayer and how they would be wrestling in their prayer. And this text 
It says, strive with them. Like that was your very own request. Like those are your very own kids. Like it was your very own life. That's what Paul's calling these people into. He says, church at Rome, you've never met me. But I'm imploring you, I'm appealing to you to wrestle with me. Not just about me or for me. But come alongside me and carry this burden to God. Because it's heavy. It's heavy. Asking for prayer is what Paul did. 2 Corinthians 1 verse 11, he says, While you join in helping us by your prayers. And in Ephesians 6.19, he says, And pray also for me, that words may be given to me, so that when I open my mouth, I may proclaim the mystery of the gospel. In Colossians 4.3, he says, At the same time, pray for us, that God may open the door for the word. In 1 Thessalonians 5.25, he says, Brothers, pray for us. In 2 Thessalonians 3, verse 1 and 2, Finally, brothers, pray for us that the word of the Lord may speed ahead and be honored as happened among you, that we may be delivered from wicked and evil men, for not all have faith. He says, pray for us. As you can see, it was a regular thing for Paul to seek prayer. He was not ashamed to ask for prayer in hard things or in light things. How about you? Are you ashamed to ask for prayer? Do you ask for prayer? When's the last time you asked someone to strive with you in prayer? Something that you're burdened by. Someone you're praying for. Someone you hope to reach. Difficulties in your life physically or financially or spiritually. We all struggle spiritually. Don't be a hero. Right? We can be a hero and we can pretend we got it all together physically or financially or relationally. We can pretend all that and people might buy it. But don't lie to yourself thinking that you got it all together spiritually. Like We are at war day in and day out. When's the last time you've asked someone to battle with you in that war? A temptation you're facing. A sin that has plagued you for years. The guilt. The condemnation that you feel that you know you ought not to feel as a believer. When's the last time you asked someone to strive with you in that war? Paul was not ashamed to ask for prayer. Paul was never ashamed. How about you? When's the last time you asked someone to strive with you in prayer? Not just in general. I love it. When I, I text a million people and ask them how I can pray for them often, and uh, many of my friends who are serving in the ministry uh, they, without a doubt, will always fire back right away. And they have a million ways in which they are struggling in ministry or ways in which they're trying to serve God or, or people they're trying to reach, but they, they need an open door. So they're asking for prayer. They will never uh, not ask for prayer at those times. When others say, oh, no, I'm, I'm okay, or uh, you can pray for other people. What about you? When's the last time you have asked someone to strive with you in prayer? It takes humility to do that. That's what I love about the Apostle Paul. He is one of the greatest examples we have of humility in a believer. He is the man, he even says to himself, if, if anyone's got anything to boast about and be proud about, it's me. But that's not Paul. Paul says he's the worst of sinners, the chief of sinners. Paul says that he is weak and needy. He says in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, I will boast in my weaknesses. I got nothing. This is Paul, and this is the example we're to follow after as we follow after Christ. It takes humility to ask people to pray for you. It takes humility because you must become weak. You may expose yourself. 
You may appear frail and you don't want to. You may think, well, they're going to think I'm a weak Christian. They're not even going to think I'm a Christian if I ask them to pray about that because I'm struggling here. But that's what takes humility. That's what takes a Christ-like heart to come before others, brothers and sisters, honestly and ask for prayer. Are you asking for prayer as Paul did? But then also on the other end, are you striving in prayer with others? Not just about others or for others, but are you burdened with others' prayer requests? Missionaries are unashamed to ask for prayer. They always do. They'll, they'll send you a newsletter every week if you want it. Are you striving with them in their prayers and their burdens? Or do you just pray for Tony? In Jesus' name. Like, do you strive in your prayers, as Paul is imploring this church to do? Do you do it for missionaries? Do you do it for each other? And sometimes we don't because no one's willing to ask for someone to strive with them. We might pray for each other in general, but are you striving with one another? Bearing each other's burdens, carrying that weight together, so that also at the same time you may carry the joy together the joy of what God is at work and God is doing in our own hearts and in our lives and in the lives of people around us? Are you participating in this prayer as Paul is calling this church in Rome to do? Participate, I urge you, I appeal to you by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit to strive together with me in your prayers to God on my behalf. He's begging them to be involved, to bring needs to God with him and for him. It shows and, and that Paul really believes in the power of prayer. He constantly asks for it. He knows that ministry opportunities, that, that people's hearts will never ever be open because that he is wise or he is smart or because he did the right thing or he had the right cool program or flashy lights. He knows that's never ever going to change a heart. So he asks others, pray because I'm going to these people and only God will open their hearts doesn't matter what I say or what I do or how much money I give them, only God will change them. So he asks God. Are we asking God as well? But here he goes into specific prayer requests. He kind of gives the, uh, the call to action. Come and pray with me. And the, the foundation of it, it's by our Lord Jesus Christ, his authority, but also affection of Christ. And then here he says, specifically, verse 31, pray that that I may be delivered. Pray that I may be delivered from the unbelievers in Judea. Now, deliverance from hardship was not Paul's ultimate request. It wasn't that he just wanted to be preserved and, and have a comfortable journey and a comfortable life. Paul had an, an end goal. He said, like, I want to live so that I can get to Spain. So pray that I would be delivered from these people who want my head so that I could see you and get to Spain because there's people there who need Christ. And I want to see you. I want to enjoy your company. First, so he prays and asks specifically for deliverance from uh, these people in Judea who want to harm him so that he can finish the mission. And then his second request specific is uh, that my service for Jerusalem may be acceptable to the saints. And he already told us what that service to Jerusalem was. He was taking this gift from the local churches, a financial gift to them from Gentile church churches to these Jewish believers in Jerusalem. 
He wants that, that gift and the, the service to be acceptable to them so that it might unite the church. That it might bring these people together and not say, well, we're the Gentile church and we're the Jewish church, but we are the church. And it may be acceptable. And as the, the Jerusalem church accepts the gift, accepts the help, accepts the service of Paul and these other saints, it glorifies God. It glorifies God as it answers Christ's prayer in John 17. That, may, that we may be one as God is one and so display him. So Paul is praying for that. That's what he asked specifically for, that the service in Jerusalem may be acceptable to the saints, that they may be embracing of it so that they can embrace the Gentile believers as brothers and sisters in the Lord. It is for God's glory that Paul is praying. And then he finishes, ultimately he says, so that by God's will I may come to you with joy and be refreshed in your company. Paul says, through all of this, I'm, I'm asking you to pray with me, and one day I'll get to enjoy your uh, presence and enjoy your friendship and your fellowship. I'll be refreshed in your company, and as he mentioned in chapter 1 of Romans, we may be mutually encouraged. You might encourage me, and I might encourage you. He says, I want that to be God's will. So I'm asking that you would pray for that. Strive with me, because that's what I long for, is to be with you. He mentioned it repeatedly through this letter. He wants to be with the Romans but it's only in passing. It's only on way to finish the mission in Spain. It's amazing that this is how Paul is calling this church to pray with him. Not just for him or about him, but with him. So then let us be people who take this example of Paul and not be ashamed to ask for prayer in our personal lives, in our striving uh, after our own sanctification, the things that we need work on in our, in our spiritual life, ask others to join you in praying. Ask others to join you in praying on the mission that you uh, feel the ambition that God has given you to a certain demographic or a certain person or a certain place that you must go. You have a burden that God has given you. So ask others to strive with you in praying about that, to strive with you in supporting you financially, but more so Prayerfully, Paul never asked the Romans to support this mission. He asked them to pray for it. To pray for it. Paul prioritized prayer in ministry. Do we prioritize prayer in our lives? God is at work in our prayer lives. Sometimes it is a dry season. Sometimes it is a season that is flourishing. But you know what? If you're in a dry season of prayer or you're in a season where you're having a hard time praying or even striving, or you're just really burdened in your prayer. Do as Paul did here and invite others to strive with you. To strive with you. Share the burden and share the joy of prayer. And, and as we do so, we share glory to God. Because we are showing our utter dependence on him, our humility, being able to admit to others we have great need, that we don't have it all together. So we're humbling ourselves, which glorifies God. We're admitting we need God and he's the only one able to do anything. That glorifies God. And then we are entrusting that he will do the right thing. And that glorifies God. So magnify the Lord with me. Let's exalt his name forever. Paul says, will you pray with me? May we be those people who say those very same words. And not just wait until you're in crisis. But today, tomorrow, 
ask people to strive with you in prayer so that God may be glorified from start to finish, not just at the end goal of the prayer, but in the, the, in the asking, in the sharing the burden, in the depending on God, the trusting on God, and the, the faith that it takes to believe. May we share one another's burdens, not just physically or financially, but prayerfully. Let's pray. Father, you are a God who is able. You are able. So let us be people then who come to you, utterly dependent. We cannot change our own hearts, our own affections or inclinations. We cannot change the hearts of those people in Afghanistan who are doing atrocious things even today. But you can, and we trust you for that. We believe you. And so we just ask that you would do such a thing, but that you would also help us to be humble, that you would allow us to see how needy we are, how broken we are, how selfish we are. Oh God, we just pray that you would help us to, to come and to, to lean on one another, to ask you to pray, uh, to ask each other to pray to you for help. So God, we come now, ask that you would uh, lead us in a way of humility, lead us in a way of sharing in each other's burdens and each other's joy so that you may be honored and glorified, we pray in Christ's name. Amen.